everybody, and welcome to our latest episode of the Enterprise Agility Podcast. Um, and yes, I know it's very boring, but I am still Andy Jordan. Um, but the really exciting news is that I am not going to be the only one talking this week uh, because I am joined by Dave Pryor. And you probably have come across Dave in this uh, in this space, but uh, I will do a brief introduction anyway. Dave has been training people and, and teams on how to deliver more effective projects for uh, over 20 years now. Um, he is a certified scrum trainer uh, working for Leading Agile um, and you could do a heck of a lot worse and not a heck of a lot better than uh, choosing him for your uh, for your training. Dave's really very good at, at helping teams deliver high-performing project capabilities but a lot of the time he's frustrated by some of the challenges that he has to overcome around how those organizations are structured. So as we talk about enterprise agility and we talk a lot about the role that leaders play, I wanted to bring Dave in and get him to talk about some of the challenges he faces when the organization isn't ready for this kind of agile transformation that leads us to enterprise agility. So Dave, you and I were chatting just before we started recording um, and you were telling me all about a fat guy on a couch wanting to run a marathon. So (laughs) explain to our listeners so i i talk about this a lot in the classes and i've and i've done podcasts about it too but a lot of organizations that say they they want agile they want the promise of it they've read maybe you know the book uh, twice the work and half the time or some article in harvard business review and they decide they want the shiny thing but they don't really understand what they're signing up for. So I always liken it to a really overweight guy who lives on his couch on feeding himself every day on Fritos and Dr. Pepper who just watched a marathon and decides he wants to do that. So if we take that guy and say, go run you know, a marathon, he's going to die. So we don't want that to happen. So we tell him he's got to get in shape and we get the guy off the couch and he walks down to the corner and goes to the JIRA gym and he signs up for JIRA and comes back home and says, it doesn't work. I'm, I'm still not, I can't run a marathon yet. Um, a big part of being able to do this is getting fit enough to be able to do it. And to say to a team, go deliver, great. But if they work in an environment that isn't structured to enable them to thrive and be able to work this way, they're not gonna succeed. So that's, that's sort of where I start with a lot of this stuff. So let's pursue that then. Um, a lot of people who listen to this are, are in a position to influence and to change their organizations. So what do they need to do? Once, they, once they've determined, you know, this couch is getting a bit uncomfortable, we want to get up, we want to do something, we want to improve <laughs> our business. How do they go about doing that? I mean, yes, you can come in and train their teams, but yeah. what have they got to do to create an environment for you to succeed so that their teams can succeed? Well, I, I think that this is, a really big part of it is just understanding that they're going to have to change as well. That um, agile in an organization is like throwing a rock in a pool and the ripples hit every side of the pool. So even the parts of the company that may not be pursuing agile adoption, they're going to be affected by it. And and a big part of being able to create those conditions that allow the teams to, to work this way, that's going to fall on management. So here's a really simple example. Um, a lot of digital agencies, right? They're, they say that the teams want to be able to work in Scrum, so that's fine, but the sales function is still operating in a waterfall method. And those two things bang up against each other. If you say to a team, we're going to move over to Agile, but you're going to have to give us your annual financial plan and decide everything you're going to deliver in the next 12 months, that might be really difficult for them to do. Um, so it, it's they end up asking for fat-free fat, and then the teams have to be able to 
exist in an environment where they can do what they're being asked to do. It's just that if you've got a PMO or some other function in the organization that's trying to tighten the screws the way they would under waterfall, that's not going to allow these teams to work this way. And for a lot of those parts of the company, just taking their hands off the wheel is really scary. So there's got to be some enough structure in place to keep everyone feeling safe, to give us a sense of what's going on. And while the teams are learning how to do agile, management and the other functions are going to have to learn how to change even the questions they're asking about performance so that they can get a better sense of if this stuff is working or not. I think that that's critically important to understand. I mean, we call this podcast series Enterprise Agility, and, and it really is agility for the enterprise, not just for the people doing the, the project delivery work at the front line. It's the entire organization. But yeah. I think you said something there that, that is key, that yes, we're asking people to give up that traditional command and control structure where you drive everything in a very regimented, very plan-driven way. But it's not like there's no structure at all. These organizations are still operating within a structure. Agile is not the Wild West. We're not taking leadership out of the picture. In fact, leadership is just as critical in this, if not more so, than than under a traditional model, right? I completely agree. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, um, it's just teaching or helping management evolve the questions that they ask. Here's another simple example. If I go to some traditional leaders and I say, hey, we're switching over to Scrum or Kanban or whatever, um, what kind of reporting do you want? They only have a couple answers to that question. They're gonna tell you they want a utilization report or a Gantt chart or an old-timey status report or that red, amber, green report. And I'm gonna say, look, I don't have any of that. I got a burn down chart. They don't know how to read a burn down chart. So, they're, they're asking for the things they know to ask for because nobody's taught them how to ask other questions. Nobody's taught them to look for other things. So we're first, we're going to have to teach them to pay attention to different kinds of metrics. And then we're going to have to teach them about the ones that they want to look at that don't matter to them. Like velocity doesn't matter to executives, but things like throughput do, quality do. So those are things that they can connect to. Um, it's just, it's, it's as hard for management as it is for the teams. And I think that's one of the unfortunate things about Agile is that it looks like from, from the outside, it looks like, oh yeah, just spin up that team. They'll be Agile, everything will be awesome. Um, but, but it takes a lot of work all around. Absolutely. And just a quick plug, um, we're talking a little bit about uh, analytics and, and metrics here. Uh, we do have a webinar coming up um, with uh, Jim Tish and myself and a couple of other people um, where we're going to be talking about um, analytics and, and metrics that actually sort of align with business outcomes. So uh, I think we're going to put the uh, the link to register for that into the summary for this podcast. So uh, please feel free to register for that and hopefully we'll talk to you on the, the 30th of September. But just coming back to to the points here, Dave, I think the key thing for people to understand is that while this isn't it's simple and straightforward. It's also not that hard if you've got that level of commitment, right? I mean, the fat guy on the couch is not going to run a marathon tomorrow, but if the commitment is there to change, there's no reason why he can't run a marathon in the future. Yeah. And I think this is really huge and a really big part of this is any organization that wants to make this switch, they have to know why, and they have to know what they're willing to do to get there Um, because they're going to have to make sacrifices in how they work or at least changes in how they work and it's not going to be easy i mean i could you could andy you could end up working out enough to look like chris helmsworth 
but is that really worth it to you? Steady on, Dave. <laughs> Do you really need to look like Thor? Probably not, right? But he does, and he gets a lot of money for that, and great for him. So for any company that's going to switch over to Agile, you have to know what is your, what's the driver for this. If you're just switching to Agile because it's cool, that's not a good reason. There's got to be a business outcome that you're looking for, and you have to know how you're going to realize when you've achieved that outcome. And I think that Agile becomes a way of just getting there. They're just tools that we use. The same way that the stuff in Waterfall, they're just tools as well. They all have to drive towards an end, and the end is not to be Agile. The end is for Agile to enable your business. Absolutely. Could not agree more. At the end of the day, organizations, especially in this current climate, they've got so little discretionary investment funds available. You've got to focus that uh, effort, that investment, where it's going to make a difference. And if you don't know why you're making the investment, you're never going to get the return you want. And it doesn't matter whether or not it's a new product or whether or not it's a commitment to enterprise agility. Yeah. The same concept applies. People have to, to be able to understand that, that, that prioritization and that focus. Can I give a simple team level example of this? Of course you can. Because um, this keeps coming up for me over and over again. A lot of companies that say they want to do this, they'll spin up teams. And I just had a class this week where more than half the students in the class work in organizations where they are told to be scrum master slash product owner. And I don't know anybody that's not going to tell you that's a really unsound thing to do. Companies want it because they're worried about headcount or they believe people can multitask or there's a financial reason or whatever. And I totally understand all those reasons, but it makes it impossible to do either one of those jobs the way you're supposed to be able to do it. And it creates risk. So you, th- you might think that you're saving in one area, but you're building up your risk in another. And you're also making it more likely to these teams are going to fail. If you want this stuff to be able to work, you've got to create an environment where it's, we know there's conditions that have to be in place. And if you don't create those conditions, the teams are really going to struggle and you won't get the business outcomes you're looking for. Absolutely. And I love that analogy of sort of, you know, trying to combine those two roles because you're, you're all in on becoming enterprise agility, but gosh darn it, we're going to save a bit of money while we go and sort of cut a few corners because what could possibly go wrong? Yeah, it's like I want you to operate on my brain and make me a sandwich at the same time. I and mean, you can't do both things. Dave, this is why I love talking to you. Your, your analogies are awesome. Um, although I do have it on very good authority, just don't ask me for details, that Chris Helmsworth wish he look, wishes he looked like me. Uh, I, he may wish he has your shoes. You, you, you like That's <laughs> All right, we're, we will leave it there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, there is a, a only one day prior, and for that we should all be immensely grateful. Um, but I know after this that, uh, that you want to learn more and you want to hear more from Dave. Um, and that is um, very, very easy to do. Um, all you have to do is search for Drunken PM. Um, you heard that right. Um, drunken PM, or one word, um, or Dave Pryor and Google will tell you more than you ever wanted to know and you can learn all about Dave and uh, his obsession with Batman Um, and I'm not even making that up Um, so Dave (laughs) we will have you back Um, that is a threat Um, thank you so much for this it's been amazing Um, our uh, our audience is is committed to this concept of enterprise agility but to hear someone put it in such simple straightforward terms of some of those silly mistakes that you can make uh, it just really helps sort of people understand 
and, and hope to do it right. Um, and uh, if you want Dave to help you with your training, um, um, why wouldn't you uh, reach out to him, reach out to Leading Agile, and uh, you'll be able to get some awesome Agile teams and run a marathon. Um, <laughs> So, so with that, thank you, everybody, and join us again for the next uh, podcast very soon. Dave, thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. It was great talking to you. Thank you.